I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, it's my friend Emily Lynn. She's back. Well, apparently not, as always, and most of the time. Most of the time. I'll I'll, I'll add that add back, uh, as always, the next time I edit, because then, because <laughs> then it, it'll again be as always. Okay. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. It's my weekend, so de-stressing. How's your week been? Eh, it's been okay. Haven't done much, but I'm seeing Pat Oswalt tonight, which is exciting. He's very funny. Hmm. That's nice. Are you going to see Captain Marvel on Thursday? I am going to see Captain Marvel on Thursday. I'm very excited for that. Me too. I can't wait for Mendo. I can't wait for Goose. I can't wait for Brie Larson. All of it. So, have you eaten any good food in the past uh, couple weeks? Um, nothing that jumps out. How about you? Well, I had some eggs this morning, and I, and I put yeah. some like hot sauce on it and like the hot sauce was really good it was from like a mexican food place but i don't even know what mexican food place it was from so i'm kind of bummed now because i have this mystery amazing hot sauce yeah you gotta find out what it is i know i need to figure that out i need to investigate but i haven't really been eating any uh fantastic foods (laughs) okay (laughs) So nothing too fancy. But um, speaking of fancy things, we have actually some news this week. Oh, yeah? Do we? I mean, kind of. <laughs> um, not as much as uh, last week. You missed out on the Galaxy's Edge stuff, which... <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, thank God. <laughs> I know. Uh, Rusty, I don't think Rusty listens much anymore because he hates hearing me curse. But uh, thank you, Rusty, for uh, coming in last week. 
we initially didn't plan to cover all the Galaxy's Edge stuff, but he's the one that actually said that the Brez was going to release something at nine that night. So we kind of just waited around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, you know, initially I was like, oh, this is a great idea, you know, recording our reactions and everything. I think that was the worst idea I've ever come up with. It took me four hours to edit at work. <laughs> no, it's not, it was four hours well spent, though, because it, it was a good episode. That's good. I know, like, bless Rusty's heart, because I remember when I first started, you know, editing our podcast, I would have to cut out every time I would say, like, um, but Rusty does the, um, um, and <laughs> well, you're going to have to edit all that out, so they're not going to know what you're talking about anyway. Yeah, that was uh, where four hours of my uh, editing time went, but... And then Rusty would just tangent off about Carlos. And I had to cut a lot of that out because a lot of it didn't make sense. Like he would be talking about like the rise of the resistance ride. And he'd be like, well, yeah. And then we're going to be in the interrogation room. And they're going to take one person out of everyone in the interrogation room. And it's going to be Carlos. It's always going to be Carlos. And they're going to interrogate him. And it's going to be the greatest thing. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Stay on tangent here. <laughs> but no, it was it was fun. I mean, a lot of the stuff, it's it's fun hearing other podcasts like talk about it because like they've had obviously like a day or two now to grasp the information, unlike Rusty and I, like reading as we were going on. <laughs> Did anything from that article interest you? I mean, in theory, sure. But in practice, like, I just feel like it's going to be a miserable fucking experience. Because it's just going to be so crowded that, okay, there's interactive cast members and stuff, but you're going to be able to talk to somebody for, what, like 20 seconds? Because there's going to be loads of other people who want to interact with them, too. I don't go to the Disney parks to interact with the cast members. I mean, it's it's cool when we have our distance, when I see them doing stuff and I'm doing my stuff and I'm like, yeah, cool. But I don't, you know, but that's why people go to parks like Universal and everything because of how immersive it is. And I feel like honestly, Disney's just trying to kind of like compete with that. And I'm I'm excited that, you know, they're doing it with Star Wars, but I don't know if they're genuine with wanting to make it either you know just uh, competition from universal or just you know we really we we're really into star wars and we're really into star wars you know i don't, I don't really care what their intentions are if they do it well i mean they're 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 in business it's not like universal studios does it because they're hugely dedicated to whatever property it's their fucking job yeah. What'd you think of Hondo? It's creepy looking and weird. I'm not sure if it was in the article or not, but I heard that they were bragging that that was their second most expensive and uh, detailed animatronic that Disney has ever done. I don't know what the first is, but I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, I think it's fucking creepy looking. 
I think that's interesting that they're putting Hondo on that Falcon ride, though, because I had actually heard rumors before and I called out those people who are making those rumors. I was like, this is bullshit. You know it. And uh, yeah, I was wrong. So, But yeah, did any of the food interest you? I looked okay. I don't know. It's always hard to tell with those things because it's so much style over substance. And at the end of the day, like, pulled pork is pulled pork. It's not any better just because they give it some silly Star Wars name. Like, it might taste good, but I also think it's a little bit... I don't know. It just... I mean, it's no different than doing, like, a hot dog and calling it, like, a space hot dog at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about them just centering around Star Wars things around the food. Like, being like, oh, like, this is a tauntaun, you know? Because, I mean, like, I... I'm not going to just eat something because it's Star Wars themed. Like I want to eat something because I see it and I'm like, okay, that looks good, you know? And Pandora does that too at um, Animal Kingdom and Disney World. Like they have like Pandora themed food. And I don't know, it just doesn't look that appealing to me, even though I've heard that it's really good and they have certain drinks and different things. But I guess I'll have to try that next time I go there. Who knows though? I mean, it's coming... uh, soon ish i mean it's march already and uh they're probably supposed to open in june or july here in california so yeah yeah so who knows but um that was an exciting article and i was glad that i had rusty to go over it with me because we're both disney park people and but i know how (laughs) but it would have been fun to going over with you too it would have been less enthusiastic I would have just been enthusiastic and you just been like, oh, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, Emily, it's like Autotopia. Everyone loves it. I mean, look, the rides sound fun, but I don't know if it's worth like hours of wait time. Nothing is. Nothing is worth more than an hour of a wait time. That is saying that that is from someone who has waited Two hours in line for the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, drop ride. I don't even know what that ride's named. I still call it the Tower of Terror because that's what it used to be. It used to be the Twilight Zone themed in California. They shouldn't have gotten rid of it. That was my favorite ride. Dang it. But I don't know. I've never really been a big like line person. Like, I'm okay with, like, waiting in lines for, like, celebration and conventions and everything. But, like, for a ride... I don't know like there's better things to do you know there's walking around the park there's you know doing different things that don't require like lines like you can go to California Adventure and get free bread and go inside the little bread factory thing you can go get like a glass of wine or something at that little winery thing Uh, Disneyland you can go walk inside uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle there's a lot to do yeah, it just seems like a whole lot of money to spend to spend like 98% of your time in a line. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting though because my pass expires in January. And I'm interested to see how much more or less I'll go to Disneyland that now that Galaxy's Edge is going to become a factor in it because 
you know, I've been talking to some people who are canceling their Disney passes because they think it's going to be useless to be there during Galaxy's Edge, which I agree with because that place is going to be nuts. But also at the same time, maybe everyone's going to be in Galaxy's Edge. Maybe that doesn't mean that they're going to focus on the other rides too. Like maybe the rest of the park is going to be, but I don't know. I mean, people still center around their Disney vacations, you know, going during the summertime and obviously times like spring break, winter break and everything. But also they'll have to start thinking about Galaxy's Edge because there's going to be no parking. There's going to be lines to get in the park. There's nothing worse than a line to get into a Disney park or just any park in general. Well, because it seems like if it seems like it would affect the busyness of the rest of the park as well, because if Galaxy's Edge is overcrowded, then people are going to see that and they're going to go, okay, well, let's go to whatever land instead. Yeah, I feel like that's what a logical person will do, but a very not logical person will go to Galaxy's Edge and be really mad that there's nothing to do, nothing to see because there's so many people and they're going to go to City Hall and complain and try to ask for their money back. And I have a friend that does that and uh, she has fun stories. (laughs) I can't imagine um, working a job where like you have to address like issues from guests or other things like, oh God, just listening to people complain all day. But I mean, like it's not always complaints. It's like different things like, but I don't know. Seems like you'd have to deal with a lot of really entitled jackasses. Yeah, I'd be really bad at that because I can be really petty. And if someone, like, is asking for something and they're a dick, I'm going to give them, like, the complete opposite. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I'll give you um, a pass, but to the other park. Or, yeah, I'll give you a pass to the park and not tell them that there's an event the next day that that makes the park close at 6. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. They're trying to do those um, Disney nights again, too. Like the one that I did with Rusty when it was like the Disneyland after dark, the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. They're doing, they did uh, like a Valentine's night where they had like just everything was just love themed. They had picture ops with like all the Disney couples and everything. Then they're having a Marvel night. um, I think the end of April. So, I mean, that should be interesting, but I'm trying to think of who they can have. I mean, Captain America. I don't think Spider-Man's allowed. Um, Black Panther. I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to make it a whole Star or whole Marvel themed when they're working on a Marvel land at California Adventure, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe they'll do a preview for that, but... It's funny because there are some parts of California Adventure blocked off and the sign says Stark Industries. That's cute. I know. I think that's replacing the Bugs Life land that used to be there. Yeah. California Adventure is one of the uh, most failed Disney parks out of them all. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've done so many renovations. It's like, it's interesting. Like I can, I can go on forever about this. So too long. Didn't read. Um, Basically California adventure was showing off California to Californians and people were like, dude, no, this is stupid. And this park has gone through so many different renovations and different themes like finally now they're getting it like they turned part of the place into a pixar kind of a pixar land place and then they still have like a hollywood section which i think is fucking stupid like just go to hollywood that's like 40 minutes away like why would you do something hollywood themed in california i just think that's so stupid but i don't know everything else is great but they're improving well, obviously with Marvel Land too. So, what's the what's the ETA on that? We don't know. There's no official date on that. I don't think. Um, let me look it up real quick. Construction has already begun, according to Walt Disney World News today, um, and details have been scarce on what exactly will be located in this land come to 2020. I mean, that's what I expected, 2020. So hopefully we'll start getting some news for that. I mean, maybe at that event they'll be like, hey, this is what we're doing. So that'll be fun. But I mean, I can't imagine them doing anything like too serious with a a Marvel land. Like I'm hoping they're not going to do any of those like uh, motion capture rides or anything. Because I can't, I can't do those anymore. Like after going to Universal and having only those rides be at Universal, I can't do it anymore. What kind of rides are those? They're like the ones where you're sitting down in a chair and you're looking some at something on the screen and the chair's moving. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. I know. The Harry Potter ones were kind of cool, but I mean, would I do it again? No. But also, I'm not really the biggest Harry Potter fan, so I'm not the targeted audience for that. I mean, someone like, you know, probably Jesse or Rebecca would, like, love the shit out of that, you know? Yeah, you have to very much be into whatever the thing is to enjoy those. Yeah. (sighs) Well, anyways, do you want to get into the actual news that we have this week? Oh, sure. We should probably do that, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I guess a third Star Wars TV show is in the works? Yeah, this was something that Fanthatrax reported on because they've been really good of getting... Um, <clears throat> sorry, when there have been production registered. So there was a new one, and the production name... Uh, and this was in the UK, and the production name of the, is Series 3 Productions UK Limited. So I think the very, very safe assumption is that this is the third TV show. Maybe. <laughs> and Fan the Track says, we anticipate that the focal point of the series will be revealed at Star Celebration in April. Uh, the common theory is that it's Obi-Wan. Yeah. Okay. I know I... I love Obi-Wan so much, but I don't know. Is it bad that I want something, like, different? 
I mean, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad at all. I'm just being too nice. But I just, I'd like Star Wars to get their creative juices going. And uh, I don't know, but maybe they can do something wonderful with Obi-Wan. But I mean, I just, like, that's just everything that those terrible Last Jedi haters, that's all they want is Obi-Wan. So I feel like giving them what they want, I'm petty. But also, like, that's something I want too, but, you know, at a level. I mean, does Obi-Wan deserve a movie? I don't think so. I don't think a lot of, you know, because they talk about, those are the rumors like a couple weeks ago that this person's getting a movie and this person's getting a movie. Like, I don't see that happening with Star Wars after Solo. Like, I don't see that happening at all. Like, maybe I'm just being too pessimistic, but I don't. I don't even see... You know, I know we're doing a Cassian Andor series on the on the Disney streaming service, but who knows what else they're going to do? Because they're also going to do a lot of, you know, Marvel characters too. Like, I think Carlos was telling me last night that they were doing a Black Widow movie. And I'm like, no, they're fucking not. Like, that's would, one that's been yeah. talked about for a while. I think it would partially depend how captain marvel does i think it's gonna do good i mean yeah it's been like doing pretty well in pre-sales as far as i know yeah it's it's gotten a lot of shit from people that haven't even seen it yet but um i'm not surprised because it's a female lead superhero so (sighs) i don't know i don't see any problem with brie larson i think she's great yeah, I like her. Did you see the pictures of her like signing the autograph for the little girl who's dressed as Captain Marvel? Yes. So uh, cute. That was great. I love Brie Larson. Me too. Was Mendo there? I didn't see any pictures. Me neither. I think he might be filming in Australia. I know he's working on an Australian-based movie, and he might be over there now still. That's good. Good old Mendo working for more monthly Mendo movies. <laughs> yes. But I don't know. Like, I feel like with an Obi-Wan show, I mean, it definitely has to just be a limited thing. Like six episodes and you're done. Because, like, I feel like the, the Cassian show is a lot more open because. I mean, we know when he dies, but before then, his storyline is pretty much completely open, you know? Yeah. That's not the case with Obi-Wan. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Obi-Wan, or I don't know how much they can do, because it will. it's interesting, because depending on what they do... It's going to piss off people. Like, you know, there are people in the camp that Obi-Wan shouldn't leave Tatooine because he's watching over Luke. I'm kind of in that camp, too, because what's the point of being on a planet? But also, he's a Jedi in exile, so you probably shouldn't be fucking going anywhere, you know? Yeah, he's not supposed to leave. Like, that's his that's his self-imposed punishment for failing with Anakin. 
So it can't be off in space having adventures. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess... If they're not using Ewan, then you could do, like, pre-Clone Wars young Obi-Wan. But then I think the people aren't... People don't want that. People want Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I want Ewan McGregor. Like, what's he doing right now? You know? Like, I don't really think he's doing much, so... Yeah, but if you're using yeah, if you're using you and then it has to be Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, cause dude still looks good, but you can't make him look younger than he was twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hear a cat meowing outside. It's like meow, meow, meow. Well, thank you for, I never knew what a cat sounded like. That's really good knowledge to have. Well, I know, but like some cat meows are like, hello, I'm a cat. Nice to meet you. And then some meows are like, help, help. Okay, it stopped. But. (sighs) But what would you like, what would you want him to be doing? Well, I, first off, I don't. No, I don't think I want him to leave Tatooine because I just don't think that would be very Obi-Wan. Like, but I think that the only way he could leave Tatooine is if he's following Luke somewhere. That's the only way I'd be okay with it. You know, like, let's say Luke takes his little ship and goes somewhere with his friends or something. And Obi-Wan's like, fuck, I have to go watch him. And like something happening and Obi-Wan having to save Luke, but having to strategically save Luke because uh, Luke can't really know uh, who he is. But oh, also, that would get old really quick. I know. I'm really bad at coming up with movies. Like that, that is why I wasn't a uh, movie major in college because I, I can't do that. What would your ideal Obi-Wan situation be? I mean, if I had to do an Obi-Wan show, you'd have to have it be like a... I mean, he can't leave Tatooine. You gotta do just a small story. Which means, I don't know, like, Obi-Wan's got a mystery to solve. Or something like that. So you have, have, like, Detective Obi-Wan. And... Maybe you do a lot of, like, Mos Eisley or just sort of the weirdness of this small, nothing desert planet that somehow Obi-Wan gets involved in. Like, it can't be a huge scale thing because... You know, he's in exile and he's supposed to be the crazy old man who lives in a cave. So it has to be something that wouldn't, like, get the attention of anybody, really. So, you know, just like some small, like, murder mystery or something that you can do for six episodes. Yeah. Do you know if it's still canon if 
do you remember seeing that there's always this comic strip of Obi-Wan like saving Luke from somewhere and then bringing him back and Owen like being like, dude, you can't fucking do this. Like stay away from him. Is that canon? I have no idea. Something's telling me, no, it's not canon anymore. But also, you know, they're going to have to, if if they want to incorporate him watching over Luke or something, they're going to have to incorporate actors for, well, I mean, I don't really think that the people who play Owen and Baru are doing anything. I mean, what, it's been more than 10 years since Revenge of the Sith? I think... I think you stay away from that as much as possible. Like, you have to acknowledge it. Like, you have to have some little bit of him keeping an eye on Luke. But I don't want to see, like, young Luke Skywalker running around. So I think you have some way of that just being, like, maybe the the first episode opens with, like, him in the distance watching little Luke scamper around. And then you go and you have him getting pulled into mystery or whatever thing he has to solve. And then six episodes later, you end it the same way with him, like, going back to watch over Luke. Like, I think beyond, like, the beginning of your series and the end of your series, you avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, I don't know, but... I mean, I I trust whatever Lucasfilm is going to do with Obi-Wan. I mean, they've done great with mostly, you know, everything since the Disney purchase or, you know, even without the Disney purchase, they've always done great. So, well, also, we still don't know that they are doing anything with Obi-Wan. That's like Star Wars' number one rumor is an Obi-Wan film or something with Obi-Wan. Sure, but, I mean, things happen all the time. And, I mean, we all knew we were getting a Boba Fett movie, and then we were no longer getting a Boba Fett movie. And then we were getting a Boba Fett movie again, but no, we still weren't getting a Boba Fett movie. That's happened, like, five times the past two years. Poor Haas. <laughs> At least he has a Mandalorian coming out. Yeah, hopefully Boba Fett will be in that one. <laughs> What if they? What if? What if Boba Fett's in it for like two minutes and then he gets shot in the head? Oh, I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> or like it starts off with him getting out of the Starlight Pit. It, it, the Starlight Pit's like, ha, nope, and takes him back drags in. him back in. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> nope. Yeah, we don't. We still don't know really much about any of the Mandalorian characters, which I like because I feel like I already know too much. Like I already know that that season one's over and kind of what kind of environment they're filming it in. But I am fine with not knowing much about it until oh yeah, a month from now. <laughs> Celebrations in a month. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get a kick-ass Mandalorian panel and trailer. Yeah. Rusty and I talked about the Phantom Menace panel uh, last week. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, 
I mean, not really. I mean, I just don't really care about the Phantom Menace. Um, I feel like if this show is an Obi-Wan show, that's a good place to announce it. Yeah, I agree. Do you think... I don't even know where I was going to go with that. But okay, that, was, that was like a very dramatic question and then it ended. <laughs> no, because like I asked the do you think and then I thought of exactly what I was going to talk about next because I was going to talk. Okay. Do you remember getting those emails for Star Celebration about those pins? Yes. And then getting an email like the day of when they were selling those pins and then being like, hey, uh, 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 whoops, um, the system crashed. And we're going to try it again. Uh-huh. That already scares me. The fact that they can't handle people buying Phantom Menace pins. Uh, I mean, it scares you in relation to what? I don't know. Just like celebration. I mean... I mean, web design is a very, very different thing than run Nikon. I guess. And... Maybe it's run. Maybe the people who do the online stuff are different than the ones that are doing the con. But I don't know. I saw that and I'm just like, oh, okay. But also, I've never been to a Star Wars convention before, so oh, I can't just, really, I, mean, I can't really speak. Just, like, I mean, that happens like a lot when amazingly popular things go on sale. Like the fucking yeah. like Funko shop crashes every goddamn time they're out of an exclusive. I see that you bought a Funko Pop. I did. I got the little Target uh, baby nippet fuzzy Ewok. It's supposed to come next week. I'm very excited. That's exciting. Do you know when your Mendo comes? Mendo's not even doesn't even have a release date yet. Sometime this like November or December. Christmas. Christmas present for Emily. So, apparently, uh, the last couple of weeks when we were talking about Anthony Daniels uh, hinting us with shit, I guess uh, he was announcing that he's writing a memoir. Which is great, because the way he did it, means I have absolutely zero interest in reading this memoir that otherwise I probably would have picked up. But he was such a condescending dick about it where I'm just like, well, now if that's how the type of guy you are, I don't want to read your fucking memoir. Oh, yeah. Radar Online has, um, it's one of those like shitty celebrity gossip sites has like every time a Star Wars event like comes up, they always talk about how shitty Anthony Daniels is or how shitty he was to Kenny Baker. Yeah, that's right. There's tons of stories about that. Yeah. I don't know. I never know how to feel about, like, I just feel like he's very boastful about himself and very, I mean, he always has that panel at Celebration, too, like the 3PO panel. But, yeah, I know. I'm not interested in buying it either. I don't know why he was doing that. And that annoyed a lot of people, including me. But also, I never followed him in the first place. But 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to include this in the podcast, but also like Mark Hamill tweeted something about skipping the Oscars and skipping like uh, the parts he didn't like. And he said that he called out like an actual part of the Oscars he didn't like, like who won like the short film award or something. Okay. Was that about, was that about skin? I don't know, but it kind of bugged me. Oh, well, I mean, if it was about skin, then he's totally forgiven. I, he didn't even say it was about skin. Well, I mean, that's the movie that won for a, for a short film. Oh, really? But this was before. Like, he was talking about, like, before. He's like, oh, you know, I like watching the Oscars afterwards so that I can skip the things I don't like. And he said, like, I'm looking at you, animated short film or something short film. I mean, I think, like, look, that's something like a billion, like, the only reason that bothers you is because it's Mark Hamill. Like, True. I mean, how many people tweet about the Oscars being boring or having shit that they don't care about? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you also tweeted about the Oscars. I mean, I don't care about, like, the best short documentary because I haven't seen any of them. That's true. That's also true. Oh, but yeah, I am most likely uh, not buying this memoir. Um, if you are, great. Uh, tell me about it so I don't have to look or it up. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe he'll, re- he'll share some uh, Star Wars stuff that might not be true or he might, uh, I don't know, but. Uh, let's talk about more important things like Star Wars The Resistance. Yeah, we had a couple of good episodes. Um, we are behind. So it was the core problem and then the disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core problem, we see Poe come because he's got to get BB-8 from Kaz, who I almost called Ezra just then. But so wow. he's, he's going to switch out. BB-8 for CB-23 because he needs BB-8 to go with him on his special mission. That will, of course, take us to The Force Awakens. Beautiful. And then they, like, go into the system and it's been completely, like, cored out by, I mean, by what we know to be Starkiller Base. But they have no idea what's going on, and That's we see rough. a yeah, and we see a first order um, probe droid guy that they fight. And Kaz cannot use a blaster to save his life. Can he do something? Ugh, you would hope so. Okay, maybe you should be practicing that shit. I would think that someone who is a spy for the resistance would, I don't know, like maybe start improving their skills on certain things. Anything? Anything at all? Just everything. I mean, maybe he wants to improve his mile time or maybe he wants to learn how to shoot a blaster because that's what people do in the resistance. Not all of them, but I mean, like, especially if someone like Poe Dameron. Yeah. Um, maybe he should learn not to be, uh, what's the word for annoying? That's not annoying. 
I don't know. An- annoying. <laughs> eh, he's not as bad as he was in the beginning. I'll give him that. But <sighs> at least he has a CB23 now. Yeah, I like that girl. She's a good girl. I want to pat her on the head. Yes, me too. She's a good girl. So what'd you think of the episode? I liked it. Like, I don't, I, it was sort of cool seeing the reactions when they're first getting into the, into the system and they see it all like gone was awesome. Um, and it helps to raise the stakes for them to realize like just how big of a problem the first order is going to be. Yeah, I kind of like the foreshadowing of the events of The Force Awakens. Like, you see all the planets that were destroyed by... Because it was by Starkiller Base, right? Because they were trying to figure out, like, how to core the planet or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting seeing Poe have to take BB-8 away because of their awesome top secret mission. Yeah, like we knew Which, that it was coming at some point, but. Yeah, I love BB-8, but that makes me happy that he's not there anymore. Because he's doing important things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good for him, you know, helping the resistance, making new friends. He probably thinks Ray is even more of a pile of sunshine compared to Kaz. <laughs> After hanging out with Cass for like a couple, how long do you think that was that they were hanging out for? Would you say oh, like a couple knows? months, a couple weeks? Yeah, months. It's really that's part of the problem with this show is it's really hard to know what the timetable is. Yeah, so I thought it was a good episode. Um, I like the disappeared more though. Oh yeah, the disappeared was a lot better. Yeah, we had my uh, favorite little dinosaur alien dude. I love him. But yes, then I know. He, got, he got kidnapped by the First Order for being a dick. But he's he's kind of a dick, though. Yeah, he's not a good guy. No, but I love him anyways. A couple of people started disappearing. Uh... I'm forgetting the lady's name at the bar. Uh, Aunt Z. Aunt Z. I like her. Aunt Z. Yeah. Hype phase on. A little dinosaur dude. And I think that's it. And I, what, I, I'm forgetting what exactly, like, where they were bringing them to. There, there's some, there's some planet they were taking them to or something. I don't quite remember that. But what I like, one of the ones like when when Aunt Z when they're in the bar, when the stormtroopers come in with their little propaganda poster, and she's like, "Fuck you, I'm not putting that up." I liked that. I like that we're getting some people that are standing up to the first order. But also, I think it's interesting that there are people that are not standing up to the first order and that are kind of sympathizers in a way. 
which I think is very good for a show like this, you know, seeing both sides because Tam is very what we think or what I personally think pro-Empire. Yeah, well, they've as much like it's it's sort of annoying to see it, but at the same time, it's like, well, first of all, they've been keeping her totally in the dark as to what's happening. Like, she is always asking, you know, why was Kaz running off and is this thing now, like, did you destroy the fireball again? And suddenly he's like, you usurped her place, basically, and Jaeger's crew. So I could definitely think her resentment there plays into it. But also, from her perspective, they're not being attacked by pirates anymore. And she's young enough that she wouldn't have really known the real bad shit of the Empire, especially because there's a thing we got a couple episodes ago about how, you know, her grandfather did business with the Empire and that's how they put food on their table. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you think, because at the very end of the episode, Kaz is being arrested, thank God. Uh, do you think that she had anything to do with that? May It's certainly a possibility. Um, I'm not 100% sold on that or not yet. I mean, we already probably know because the episode is on today, but I won't see it until tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. But I could also see it being where she gets arrested along with all of the uh, rest of them and is initially like super pissed. Because, you know, obviously like, she's the one who's not even at all a part of this. And then that experience makes her come around. Yeah. I mean, I think in one of the trailers for the mid-season, um, you see her getting taken away by some stormtroopers. Yeah. So maybe something happens. But I know it's interesting because it's like I've heard some people that are annoyed with her and you know like I would agree at first but then seeing it from like your perspective like you're right like this is someone who you know whose life was impacted by the first order and by the empire because you know it was helping them get food on the table so and I think that's great that Star Wars is you know talking about that or that there looking into things like that on like both sides like the good and the bad of the bad you know well yeah it shows sort of the 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 slow creep of fascism is what they're really doing there which is if you aren't being directly targeted it's very easy to not see the problem until it's too late and it's it's not so much them being like hey look there's good stuff that the first order is doing it's oh, look, it's very easy to be fooled into thinking that everything's okay and that security is more important than freedom. Because at first, you're just giving up little bits of freedom. And so, you know, if your races get canceled for one day, why does it matter? Because, hey, we're not being attacked by pirates anymore. But that to, if you don't, if you don't stand up to it at first, it gets harder and harder to stand up to it at all. And that part of the way the First Order, 
the empire, you know, fascist groups succeed is because there are good people, quote unquote, who who go along with it. It's not just all like power hungry evil people, it's everyday people. And that's that's the real problem. Yeah. Who knows, but I am becoming more excited watching these episodes of Resistance. Like every time I see that it's on the Disney app or whatever, because I use it now, I'm like, oh, cool. New episode because, you know, seeing people's excitement about it. And, you know, I think the show's getting pretty good. You know, I definitely like it more than I did in the very beginning because obviously we're getting to know the characters and everything. But I don't know. Um, we're close to the season finale, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. What, there's like three episodes left? I think so. I think uh, next week is when they're going to do the part one and part two finale. Oh, okay. Who do you think a spy is? You know, I've sort of even just completely forgotten that that's part of the mission. Me too. Sometimes, like but I feel I like it's been—it's it. been so long since I mentioned it. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm gonna not like if they do like okay, like we're gonna find out in season one who the spy is, and then like each season they're gonna be like, all right, there's a new spy. Guess who the spy is. It was this guy, you know, but I, I doubt they'll do that, but it's a kid show. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, I think it's that time. That monthly Mendo movie time. Yeah, I don't have my phone with me. I can do it. Okay. saying do this no one's saying be there no one's saying stop that no one's saying see here free to run around all day free to do it my way i just can't wait to be king i just can't wait to be king yeah so we watched on together which is, um, I think it got a brief theatrical release maybe last year, just like at some festivals, but is now um, on VOD. And, and and if you're in like LA or New York, you might still be able to see it in theaters. But anyway, uh, it was directed and written by Emma Forrest, and it's Ben Mendelsohn, Jamie Doran, uh, Lola Kirk and Jemima Kirk. Oh, and Billy Crystal. Can't forget Billy Crystal. <laughs> what this? Okay. Um, we're not gonna go step by step with this movie or anything. There's not. It's not a lot to it. Um, you have this woman Andrea, who 
is a writer who had published a pretty successful or at least like critically successful book several years ago and is now trying to write another one. Um, and she starts sleeping with Jamie Doran's character, who is a doctor who wrote a memoir about I think, like his experience as a doctor. And I, th- I think in Gaza, and he like fell in love with a Palestinian woman or something like that. And then it also follows Andrea's sister, whose name is Tara, who Ben Mendelsohn is involved with, um, even though she's like 20-some years younger than And she works at a spa, and he is an ex- rocks not quite rock star i guess he says he had like at one point someone calls him a one-hit wonder he's like no i had two hits but now he paints houses and stuff and it's sort of mostly the um jamie doran and um andrew's relationship as they sort of are only having a one-night stand and only sleeping together and then i guess fall in love And then the sister's storyline is even though she's with Ben Mendelsohn, she starts, she meets Billy Crystal, who is a rabbi, this like radical progressive marched with Martin Luther King guy. And although, although Jewish, she's like never been religious. And so she starts going and falls in love with him even though he's like, what the fuck? First of all, you're a little girl. And also I'm happily married or at least married. And yeah, it's not, I don't know. There's not much here. And I feel like the stuff that is here is focused wrong. Oh, and it turned out, then it turns out that Jamie Doran completely made up his memoir. Why is he awful in every movie? He's just always a jackass, isn't he? He is. And I can't really stand to see his face because I've unfortunately seen uh, most of the Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> movies. So especially when the movie starts off with him asking the main character if he wants to come on her face, I am immediately like, fuck, I'm watching this at work. And also, fuck. This movie is going to be uh, interesting. It's just almost everybody in this movie is really unlikable. Except Mendo and Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is likable because he like once he realizes that this chick digs him, he firmly puts a stop to it right away. And yeah, Ben Mendelsohn, like he's not a great dude, but... Um, in terms of Mendo characters is like near the top of the list in terms of like not being a murderer or a pedophile. <laughs> like he's a pretty normal guy. But I loved him. But Jamie Doran is awful and the sisters are both super unlikable. There was a scene in the movie where the cat is sick 
And they're like, hey, what the fuck's wrong with the cat? I don't know. And then a couple days go by and the cat's almost dead. Almost dead. They didn't do anything about the cat. They didn't take the cat to the doctor until the cat was underneath the couch and making really sad noises. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to take the cat to the vet. But then she gets a booty call from Jamie Doran. And so she's like, ah, do it later. Oh, and like the sister fucking like pisses herself because she's such a brat. And I mean that literally. Like Mendo is on some job where he's painting something. And she throws a fit and wants to go home. And he's like, just fucking leave. And she says she has to use the bathroom. She points him at this sign that points to the bathroom. And she starts ridiculing him saying, because it's not like the standard, like male, female signs. Like it's a little bit like different than like the triangle with legs. And so instead of going to use the bathroom, she literally pisses her pants. Like, 23-year-old woman. How am I supposed to be at all interested in these characters? She's 23? I think so. I think Ugh, I think that's like, at some point. That's like me dating Mendo. Okay, I have a confession to make. I had a dream the other night, and I was making out with Mendo. Brittany. Yeah. I feel betrayed. I'm, I... I I'm very disappointed in you. I'm hurt that you would have an affair like that. And I think we might have to stop the podcast. Okay, well, we had a good run. 82 episodes, uh, two years. It was a good two years. I enjoyed my time with you. I enjoyed my time with the people. I can't believe that you would make out with my imaginary boyfriend. I'm really glad that next week we're doing Captain Marvel because this movie, like, it's not, honestly, it's not even that it's so bad. It's just, I don't know. You can do the unlikable main characters thing. Like, plenty of movies do that. But they're not interesting enough to be as unlikable as they are. I just hated 80% of the characters in this movie other than Billy Crystal and Mendo. Like, uh, the main girls and girls, right? Possibly. I think so. And, like, I've never really watched girls, but, um... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I liked uh, Tara at first, but when she started kind of uh, going to the the rabbi and going to, you know. Oh, yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing I got. I mean, but there's this thing where. So Mendo's character is. Putting together like a concert. Like he's got this club booked. He's going to do the show. It's If it's successful, it could lead to more singing. And she has never seen him perform. And he's super excited about it. He's written her a goddamn song. And she doesn't go. And 
And that's so shitty. It's like, and I don't know. And the, the, the dumb thing, like at the end of the movie, it's like, okay, the other sister is going to go and be happy with Jamie Doran. And um, Mendo's gone off. He's like, I'm going back to Australia. And at the end of the movie, we see that she's, go, I guess, going to go after him or something. But I'm like, I don't, we don't really see where that realization comes from. She's just like, in bed like feeling self-pitying and then like she decides okay i guess i'll go after him but again at this point like i don't care about this woman and i'm like well i'd rather him just be in australia finding someone who's not horrible yeah and you know also what happens too is he's bummed out that she isn't there and he gets drunk and he kisses the other sister but it's like obvious that he kisses her because he wishes that that was his girlfriend yeah okay. even though it's still kind of weird yeah. and it's still, yeah it's still shitty and like you shouldn't have done it, but she kisses fucking a rabbi man and then she acts like that was the reason why they broke up like because oh you kissed my sister like she's just she's pulling that card out and being like i'm gonna use this and that's gonna be a valid reason why i'm breaking up with you no you're breaking up with him because you wanted to date a rabbi and he said no thank you and you're just like whatever I'm mad about it, yeah, so also, I'm going to break up with also, my boyfriend. you wanted to date a rabbi because you have serious dad issues. I don't know. Also, look, for the most part, this movie is pretty well directed and well shot, but anytime we're in Jamie Doran's apartment, it's like they're only using blue lighting. And it's all washed out and blue, and it's insane. Because the rest of the movie doesn't do that at all. There's no other thing that does this sort of color wash or any sort of playing with the light. It's only these scenes in Jamie Doran's like fuck pad. And I just, it was so noticeable and weird compared to the rest of this movie. Yeah. And then they're always like role playing too. And that's like. Uh, Again, I don't know. Like, because you don't care about these people. I just wish I cared more about, obviously, you know, we, we care about Mendo deeply. But also, like, I, I cared about Billy Crystal. And I knew fucking nothing about Billy Crystal in this movie. Probably just because he was a nice fucking guy. And then she was just, like, when like the first couple of scenes when, like, she was talking to him. And she was just saying, like, the stupidest shit. And he would, like, call her out on it. Like, what was the one thing that... She was like, oh, like, what happened to these people? And he's like, they died. They were murdered. Oh, yeah. He's talking about his, like, a friend of his who he had been at, like, one of his, like, old leftist, like, protest buddies. And she's all very, like, casually dismissive of it. And Although, Ben Mendelsohn has the most hilarious line in the whole movie because Billy Crystal's reaction to it is so great. And that is... <laughs> She drags she drags him to services. And as they're as they're leaving the glide, like they're talking, they're talking to Billy Crystal. And Mendo's obviously super uncomfortable. And his line is, boy, the Holocaust was a terrible business, wasn't it? <laughs> and his delivery and then the like close like the look on Billy Crystal's face afterwards almost made the rest of the movie worth it. Oh yep, my god. Yeah. That was pretty. I Mostly this is skippable. 
Like if it ends up on Netflix or something or Hulu or something where you can watch it for free, like it's not a terrible movie. But don't pay for it. I didn't. I don't recommend you should. <laughs> Sorry, Mendo. I really hope Captain Marvel is better. Oh, and also, even though it's monthly Mendo movies, and now we're now like two weeks by this point, like over a week out of March when this comes out, we're doing Captain Marvel, and so we're doing two monthly Mendo movies this month. It's double March Mendo movies. A double March monthly Mendo movies. Probably the first time we see Mendo in this in Captain Marvel, he's not going to be getting a blowjob. Probably. This is going to be like one of the first Mendo movies where Mendo is not doing anything sex related. Or we see his yeah. butt. Oh, well, um, yeah, that movie. I feel bad for the cat still. That's my final words. It was a good cat. And she was making a big deal that uh, they had to like change the gender of the cat or something. And it's like, dude, your cat's alive. Yeah. Barely because you were a bad cat owner and decided to go to your booty call instead of take care of your fucking cat. I don't like it. But anyways. Should we go to some email? Yeah, we should. All right. Um, yeah. We asked people to send us some um, Obi-Wan ideas. And we got a couple. Uh, we got one from Catherine. And let me find it again. Oh, there we go. Hello, Canto Biters. I've been hanging for out for any new Obi-Wan content for a long time. TV show hits a spot, I think, perfectly for Obi-Wan where we can really dig into his character and have a long-form story format. I can imagine that he would have confrontation with Owen over Luke's upbringing and has possible fights with gangsters to keep them away from the Lars homestead. And of course, I've basically fanficked another Jedi 66 survivor, Order 66 survivor, who has got herself onto a smuggler crew. They come to Tatooine and she and Obi-Wan meet. She nicknamed him Ben. They're sexy types. She wants him to leave <laughs> yes. the planet to help in the suffering of the galaxy. He refuses as she asks to protect Luke. On a mission, Darth Vader shows up as he's tracking the remaining Jedi. She dies protecting Obi-Wan's secret and is hot. Obi-Wan reacts as he feels her death. I never said it was a happy story. Cassian fan number one, Catherine. I like that. Hey, Catherine. Catherine. I gotta know. Is the Jedi 66 Order survivor possibly named Catherine? Yes. It's Catherine. <laughs> I mean, she can't have sexy time with Obi-Wan because she's already going to have sexy time with Cassian. <laughs> Come on, Catherine. I mean, but you, you you can do both, you know. Good for you, Catherine. Obi-Wan and Cassian? Right on. Right on, my girl. Dude, we're going to see Catherine soon. We are going to see Catherine soon. I'm going to see you soon. Yes. We're going to meet for the first time in person. Oh, my God. I actually, um, I got the days off from work. Oh, yeah? That's great. Yeah. I, I think I have enough PTO for both days, but uh, I might have to call in sick for one of the days. And I've never done that before. 
So I think my work will be more surprised than anything. So you've never called in sick. I uh, never called in sick. Six years working at the same uh, company. Never called in sick. That's pretty impressive. Eh, I guess. I mean, like, I grew up with my my mom. She never called out sick, and she would always just be like, "Dude, just go to work. Like, you're getting paid." But I, I've left early a couple times. Like, uh, I had like really bad migraine in the in July and left work early, but. <laughs> Also, uh, I had a uh, Comic-Con party <laughs> that night. So um, it was one of those where it's like, all right, I can leave work, take my extra heavy ibuprofen, and now I should be okay. And I was okay. But <sighs> yeah, I'm never called out. So anyways, uh, Obi-Wan series. I like that story. I'd like a kind of more mature Star Wars story, you know? How would you feel if there were sexy time in Star Wars? I'm fine with it. Um, I'd say probably keep it to your TV series. I agree. I mean, I don't think it should be like, you know, like HBO level sexy times. Like I don't, I don't need to see anybody's junk in Star Wars, but you could do like some tasteful, sexy times. I can't imagine seeing boobs in Star Wars. Not that that's a bad thing, but I don't know. Like I just think that Star Wars is this, like you know, because you know, as George Lucas said, you know, Star Wars is for kids, for like twelve-year-olds. But I don't know. I mean, whatever they think is best for Star Wars. I mean, if if the creators think that it's time for after 40 years to have boobs in Star Wars and give us boobs, you know? Yeah, I think as long as you're very careful in promoting everything for an appropriate audience, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing some more adult focused Star Wars. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be only that. But if you're having, you know, if you're on your third or fourth TV series, I don't think it needs to be, you know, like G-rated. Yeah. Hmm. Wait. Emma Forrest, the one that did the Mendo Monthly movie, uh-huh. she was to be married to Mendo? Um, I have no idea. Because I'm, I'm still on the Wikipedia page right now. And it says, Screamwriter Emma Forrest makes her feature directorial debut in this film, which she also wrote the screenplay. Her ex-husband, Ben Mendelsohn, also stars. Oh, yeah. I hadn't realized. I hadn't put, like, I knew he, I knew he was previously married, but I'd forgotten that was her. Hmm. I thought... I thought they were divorced, or maybe just separated. Yeah, because it says ex-husband, so yeah. Uh, personal life. Um, no, it doesn't say. I think in Mendo's per yeah. Um, she was married to Ben Mendelsohn, and they had one child together in 2014, and divorced in 2016. I knew he had a kid. 
I mean, apparently they have a pretty good relationship as exes. Yeah, having your ex-husband do a sex scene in a movie. Also, just if you're able to, like, work together. I know. What is it? Those two Game of Thrones actors who used to be married can't even be on the same set as each other. Braun and Cersei. Yeah. Um, do you have any more thoughts about the Sobe One story? No, I think that's a pretty good one. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, thank you. That's a really good story. Did you used to fan fiction write, Catherine? Because that's pretty good. I think. All right. Um, next one is from our friend Jim. Uh, he titles this OE1 TV show idea. Dear Canto by Dispatch, I saw you were looking for ideas for the OE1 TV show and wanted to suit sure mine. So we have Ewan playing an older OE1 on Tatooine where he is living mostly quiet life watching over Luke and maybe helping a few locals with problems that are largely insignificant and don't really use his force powers. Yet over the course of the show, these small problems that seem unconnected begin to tie together to something much larger and more sinister that threatens Luke and he has to deal with it, all while staying on Tatooine. Now, you're probably thinking this sounds boring and it would be if it wasn't for the second part. While on Tatooine, he is also writing his memories memoirs he's writing his memories he's writing his memoirs or teaching down and while doing this we are getting flashbacks to adventures of him and Qui-Gon and in our episode you might get 30 minutes of old Obi-Wan and 30 minutes of flashback adventures we would have to recast young Obi-Wan and young Qui-Gon but as long as we have Ewan for Obi-Wan I don't think that would be too big of a deal anyways that's my idea keep on the great podcasting your Canto Bitch listener Jim I like that. Yeah. That's cute. You know, old Obi-Wan, flashback to new Obi-Wan. And then flashback to old uh, Qui-Gon. Who would play young Qui-Gon? Who looks like Liam Neeson? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, who's going to play? Yeah, I, that would be, that's the difficulty is you have to find both younger versions. Yeah. That'd be interesting, though. I like both of these ideas. I mean, I wish I was more creative. I'm not really creative with, like, thinking about, like, stories like that. Like, I was always never really great at, like, creative writing in college or in high school. Or I think we used to have to do that in, like, a middle school. Like, I remember they made us write, like, a scary story. And mine was really bad. But I like the idea of there being something big going down that we sort of slowly get revealed through smaller, like every episode you have them helping somebody with something and then it turns out to be some larger threat. I don't know. He says that we're probably thinking that it might be boring, but I don't. I mean... Yeah, I actually don't think that sounds like that. I like that part better than the flashback part, actually. Yeah, I like the whole something that seems like untogether and then figuring out that, holy shit, it's like a huge problem. And then it like being like this like hauntingly awful problem, 
you know, like maybe something big was supposed to happen tattooing. Like maybe Vader was supposed to destroy tattooing with the Death Star too. But maybe like, oh, I don't know. But that's the thing though. Like I would think that for all planets like to get destroyed, I feel like Vader would have wanted to destroy Tatooine because he has so many bad memories there, you know? Well, yeah, except that we're thinking about that from all the canon we have now. Yeah. Like, that's retrofit canon. That wasn't what was happening when he was writing Star Wars. True. I mean, that's always the problem when it comes down to, well, why didn't such and such do this? I'm like, well, because that didn't happen in, for, like, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm interested to see if it is an Obi-Wan show what sort of style it's going to have. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jim, for the email. Yeah, and if people want to send us emails, cantobypod at gmail.com is our address. And you can also send us fuck, marry, kill ideas or top three ranking ideas. Yeah. Do we have a fuck, marry, kill? Um, somewhere, but then I did something with it and I don't remember it and we can do it a different time. Wonderful. How's your Star Trek podcast going? It's going okay. We just recorded one last night based on my least favorite episode of the Star Trek series so far that we both like fucking hated. So it's just a lot. It's, I mean, normally we go much more in depth in the plot, but this we're like, well, and then this happens for over and over again for 40 minutes and then the episode's over. Hmm. that's fun is Mick going to celebration no he is not oh unfortunately I will admire his jokes and his Star Trek podcast from afar then celebration is soon dude I know I'm already uh thinking of uh planning uh chicago outings i want to do touristy stuff we um rusty and i grew up doing those like red trolley not red trolley those trolley tours those i forgot what they're exactly called but we would always do those tours like wherever we would go and i think i want to do one in chicago and i think carlos is telling me some stuff that he wanted to do in chicago which is exciting because usually he's always like oh whatever you want to do because he's sweet and stuff but this time he's like, yeah, I actually want to do this. And I'm like, great, let's do it. <laughs> but I don't know. I just can't wait to be like, I'm excited for the Star Wars stuff, but I'm also excited to like see Chicago for the first time. Like I've never been to Chicago. Like I could ex- it's a nice city. experience Chicago. I could experience the food. We're going to have to have like a whole podcast dedicated to the food that we ate at Celebration. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. And you can find the podcast at Cantobite Pod.
Yes. And you can find me on Twitter as Kendall Britt and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Um, I'm posting more on the Kendall Bite Instagram page. So check that out. I'm having fun with that. Posting animatronic pictures of Hondo and Blue Milk and Porgs. Three great things other than animatronic. Yeah, those are good. Those are good things to post pictures of. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to Galaxy's Edge tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow, so I'll I'll post some behind the scenes Galaxy's Edge photos. So that should be fun. Yeah. So make sure that you are following us on Instagram. Yeah. Exciting stuff. But anyways, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.